Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for all that you've done. In fact, I want you to just, if you're online or in person, stretch your hands towards this altar. God, every care that's been laid before you, God, we're walking away different. Every burden that's been laid at this altar, we're walking away lighter. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we're not going to leave here the same way we came in. We're not going to click off today online and, and, and forget and leave the same way we tuned in. Lord, something is about to change because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to continue to carry the weight of the world. We can cast our cares before you. And, Lord, we can bring all petitions and prayer requests and, and supplicate. We can lay it all down before you. And I pray, Lord, that we just let it all go. We don't need to carry it all. We weren't meant to carry it all. We weren't, we weren't meant to be pack mules. God, we're meant to be sheep. And, Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that we are going to be led as sheep by the good shepherd. And, Lord, I thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Stay standing as I read the word in Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Just a few verses, and then we'll be seated. says this in the word it says now the angel of the lord came and sat under the terebinth tree which was in ophrah which belonged to joash the abizarite while his son gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the midianites then the angel of the lord appeared to him and said the lord is with you turn to your neighbor and say the lord is with you you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, listen to this, this sounds like a lot of us. Why then has all of this happened to me? Have ever had that prayer before? And where are all your miracles, which our fathers talked to us about, and our pastors and preachers and people? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go, everybody say go. go, in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. I pray that you lead us, guide us, direct us, and let your word become flesh, tangible. And I pray that we would, Lord, receive all that you have for us today. I pray that you'd open hearts and minds to be ready, Lord, to partake in this meal that you've got for us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me to preach your word and flow. Move as you move. Speak as you speak. And let it be your words and will and not mine. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. You may be seated in this wonderful presence and atmosphere of the Lord. Oh, thank you, honey. My wonderful pregnant wife, 30 weeks pregnant, baby, yeah, we're getting closer. Uh, we, <laughs> she's like, we, <laughs> she's getting close. yeah, exactly, and I do this, say that very loosely, she is getting closer, both of them. Uh, I, I want to continue uh, slash conclude uh, the word I began last week called every warrior, I want you to write that down, every warrior. Of course, we're a note-taking church and we're a vocal church uh, because we need to do both reflect and uh, respond. So those are two major components of every believer's life, reflect and respond, reflect and respond. The worship is a response, right, of your reflection. 
So you have to have a reflection period and a response period. No response, right? No, no word, no move. The, the, even the preaching of the word of God should cause a response. It shouldn't, ca- it shouldn't go flat because the Bible says it, return, it does not return void. In other words, why would, that, why would he even say the word of God does not return void? Why would he say that? Word goes out. Shouldn't it just stay there? No, no, no. There's a response because there's a, there's, there's a back and forth. That's why we say a good A. Right, we know how to give a good amen, and that's good because we have a response. We have a reflection time where we write it down because we take what God is saying to us seriously, and then we also re- reflect, right? We do that in reflection, and we respond. Because let me just tell you, a short pencil is better than a long memory, and you, you, you don't have as good memory as you think. How many are one of those people who are like, I wish I could remember names, but I remember faces. Like that helps the offended... The person you're supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, it never works. Let me just tell you, as a pastor, that you never get by with that. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. They're like, yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs> Write it down. It makes it easier. So uh, I want to conclude this. We started talking off, and we talked about every warder, and we're using the, the backdrop of the story of Gideon. Gideon was a judge in the Bible to handle and execute Uh, a a time, a dispensation of how God handled man. And so God was dealing with man and his nation through judges. And one of the judges was Gideon. We all know of Samson, but there's also Gideon and many others. And this Gideon, we talked about how he was the smallest of the smallest tribe and poor and, and didn't have very much. And so he was hiding, and we talked about how he was hiding, and we need to come out of a hiding place, and every warrior needs to step out of hiding because he was just hiding behind excuses. And, and the bridge between disappointment and destiny is decision, and you are one decision away from living in whichever you choose to live in. And Gideon chose to live in hiding and disappointment instead of choosing to live in his destiny. And that's why the angel of the Lord showed up and said, hey, Gideon, you need to make a better decision. And so he called him into a better decision to become the warrior because all of the women in this house are some mighty warriors. I know that right now. And all the men can be great warriors, right? Because we're all called to be a warrior. We're all called to be. We're all called to be. And we're called to step out into God's plan and purpose for our life. And, and, And we started talking about how every warrior has a cause worth protecting. And Gideon began with his excuses, and we talked a little bit about that. But God said, the angel Lord said, am I not calling you? Because the cause that you respond is from the call of God. My cause is his call. Write that down. My cause is his call. Not everybody's phone call. Not everybody's uh, uh, like a desire in my life. Not everybody's voice in my life. I don't need everybody's voice in my life. I've got enough voices in my head to begin with, somebody said a good amen right there. Don't act like you're not crazy. You're just as crazy as me. We, have, we argue with ourselves and act like we're talking on the phone in the car. It's ourselves. You've done it. Oh, it's Bluetooth. Click. We, we have to, look, we, we, we don't need everybody's voice. I need his voice. I don't, need to, I don't need to protect everything. I need to protect what he gave me. We're called to be under shepherds. And under shepherds are stewards. We're, we're stewards 
of the, the house of God, of the people he gives us, of the family he gives us, the house, the cars, whatever he gives us, we're stewards of it. So keep it clean. Take care of it. Take care of your temple because there's a cause worth protecting. And we talked about this cause being our call because that's what the angel of the Lord was saying. He was like, but you haven't been here. You haven't done anything. And what's going on? And the world's going crazy and we're still in slavery. And what are you going to do? And he kept with all these excuses. He says, am I not calling you? Is there not a cause? People need to be free and you're giving me excuses. There's a world worth saving and you're giving me reasons. Let, let me just tell you, I am calling you into a greater place of freedom. And so he responds to that. We talked about last week the five attributes of every man uh, that's worth protecting and defining and shaping a man, that a man is a provider, a protector, that a man is also, a husband is also called, and a father is also called to be a promoter and a prophet and a priest. And we ended there with being the priest of how the priest is someone who brings God to the people and people to God, right? And so that's what a man's job is supposed to do as well as the lady's job. Is we're called to bring the people, uh, but we've seen it too many times where the woman is dragging the family to church instead of the man bringing the family to church. And we need to start having our men bring our family to church and saying, when was the last time a man said, let's bring the whole family? I loved how I saw, where was he? Brad's out there. So he brought his whole family down to get prayed at the altar. Said, we're getting prayed for today. Brought his whole family. That's a man right there, a man of God. Because he said, we're going to the altar. I'm going to bring my family before the Lord. And we're called to be that. And then we, we ended by saying a, a simple thought process and question that there shouldn't be certain questions in your home because those questions only bring pain yeah. and hurt. My wife will never have to ask me, are we going to church this week? My kids will never grow up saying, are we Christians? My, my kids will never grow up saying, hey, Dad, are we going to pray today? Hey, Dad, why don't you read your Bible? There's questions that I feel bad for, for that happen in homes because they're, 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 they're harmful questions. They're, they're hurt. They, they hurt. They're, they're just painful. But, but when you're living in the right place and becoming the warrior that God's called you to be, those questions are going to start fading away and you aren't going to have to have them asked anymore. And, and so Gideon goes from now just debating with the angel of the Lord, and he goes and he says, all right, then if this is really God, then he lays some fleeces before the Lord. And he says, Lord, if this is really you, then you need to show up. Anybody ever prayed that prayer before? God, if you really want me at this church, then I'm going to see miracle signs and wonders all week that you want me at church today, and the Lord will do it. I had a friend of mine, he was going, he was driving down uh, in California, and he said, Lord... If you really want me to give my life back to you, and I'm supposed to be in church again because he had left the Lord, left church and everything. He said, then the next stoplight that I come up to, I'm going to see a man on his head spinning around, then jumps up, backflips, and then just, and does the little finger guns. I did that, pew, 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 whatever. I don't know what sound effect would be better. And he would do the, he would do the shooting guns at me. And he said, then I'll know if, it's, if you're really real. Sure enough. Pop, pop, next stop sign. <laughs> this dude's spinning on his head, flips back, and then he goes, pa, 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 pa. <laughs> and he was like, got me, Lord. I'll be at church. Because sometimes, I did that with the Lord too. Listen, guys, this is not a bad thing to do. I did that with the Lord when he called me into ministry because I was scared. I had panic attacks. I couldn't breathe. When I got on stage, I have scars, I have missing fingers, I have all these issues, I feel like I'm ugly and I'm not, I'm not good enough and I'm not talented enough, I, I don't speak well, I used to stutter a lot and I was very boring and I wasn't a good communicator and I, I just felt like I didn't have it and I didn't look good and I wasn't strong enough and I wasn't caring and I just told myself I wasn't good enough to do it. God, please don't call me. Because sometimes we look at Gideon and we like, to talk, we like to just demean Gideon, but I guarantee there was a little bit of pain and fear in Gideon. 
And I feel like all of us can relate to that. Lord, you know I'm jacked up. I can't, please. If this is really you, it's not a test of like, Lord, prove yourself. Sometimes it's just, Lord, I need to know it's you. If you really want me there, please, if you really need me to do this, call this, go there, be the, God, show me. And I made a deal with the Lord. I don't always recommend this, but I made a deal with God. And I said, God, if you're real, I'll give my life to you. And I was 18 years old, and it was September 6th. And I gave my life to God for the first time for real. And I was so, so fear, I was so afraid. And I said, Lord, if this is you, you got to be with me the rest of my life, and you got to show up every day. And every day since then, the Lord has been with me and guided me and provided me and protected me and built me and grown me and, and loved me and encouraged me. Did I have insecurities along the way? Oh, heck yeah, I did. Did I have some trepidation? Yes, I did. But I still stepped with faith and said, okay, Lord, I'm gonna, okay, show me. God, do you want me to build a church at Flagstaff? Here's a building, Landon. Keep going. I, I laid fleeces before the Lord. God, do you really want us to do this? Landon, here, one service, two service, three service, four service. God, and, and the Lord kept filling and growing and doing. Lord, I, we're going to give you impact in ministry in the prison system, in the police department, all over this. God, are you sure we're called? I don't need another sign. I'm getting, I've got sign after sign after sign after sign. Lord, you have called me here, and the Lord will do it for you. If you need a sign from God, the Bible says he gives wisdom to all those. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. For you know the testing of your faith will develop perseverance and let perseverance take its perfect work so that you can be mature and perfect, lacking nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom when you're going through that trial, ask God who gives generously to all those without finding fault. James chapter 1. We're called to lay it out. It's okay. Every warrior is not always strong. Every mom is not always strong. Every dad's not always strong. And it's okay to be weak before the Lord. In your brokenness, it's in your brokenness that he can then shape you. But if you come and you got it all together, there's not a lot of left work for him to do. So, so that's where you come before the Lord, broken, sincere, vulnerable. And Gideon was laying some fleeces before the Lord. And it was more of affirmation for Gideon than it was really approving of who God was in his life. And so then Gideon goes from there and he says, okay, time to call in the recruit. So he pulls down a couple statues, says, we're not worshiping the Midian gods anymore. We're going to call in the, the army here. And his first, first time gathering everybody. We talked about this last week. How many did he get last week? 30,000. He got 30,000 on his first try out the gates. Let me just tell you, when you make that decision to go from disappointment to destiny, you're going to start walking in fulfillment because God's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you high and dry. He's not going to leave you wandering and wondering. God is going to fulfill every single desire because if you seek him first, all these things will be added unto you. And so Gideon stepped out in faith and 30,000 people came. Now, the next point that we're going to talk about today by beyond cause we're protecting is number two, a fight worth winning. You see it on screen? A fight worth winning. Now, let me just tell you, how many fights have you been in? Can you count them all? <laughs> how many fights have you won? And now let's go to this part. How many fights? <laughs> Lord, help him with his insecurity. <laughs> a lot. Confidence, confidence is not his issue. Uh, Lord bless him. 
So, so we have all these fights, right? But how many were worth winning? Let me just talk to the married folk. Not every fight is worth winning. Just because you're right doesn't mean you got to prove that stuff. <laughs> you got to back yourself up a little bit and realize, friends, come on, anybody, just life, right? Not every fight is worth winning. There are some fights you should. Now, Gideon goes out, and the first fight, I'm telling you, it was a fight. If you gather 30,000 people and you're already outnumbered for what you're trying to accomplish, the last thing you want to do is send anybody away. If I was Gideon looking at 30,000 people, I'm like, man, all right, God, here we go. We're doing pretty good. Here we go. And I would be excited. And when God said, hey, tell everybody who's fearful to go home, I'd be like, look, is that you, God? Number one, I'd be checking. And then number two, I would, I would look out and I would, I, I would almost give a caveat. Come on, let's be real. I would, well, I know none of you really feel this way. I, and, and what I'm about to say, I know you really don't think it or feel it, or you're not really going to go anywhere you're going to stay, and I told you to say. But we're going to stay. We're gonna, I would give all these little pretexts to it and say, but if you're fearful, go ahead and go. That's how I would do it. But Gideon was like, hey, if you're afraid, go ahead and go home. And how many left? 20,000. Gideon didn't say anything. Gideon didn't argue with God, and Gideon didn't get mad at the people. Then the next test, God says, remember we talked about it? Gideon goes down. He says, you still have too many. 10,000 people. They're sorely outnumbered. He says, you still have too many. Okay, go down by the brook. And we talked about how they got down on all fours. And we, who do we have that service? Pastor Glenn or one of those big dudes. And I was like wanting to keep the big guys. But it wasn't the big guys who stayed. Joshua, you come up here. It was the Joshes who stayed. No. <laughs> no, I just, he was leaning, to, he was like leaning to get up like he knew I was going to call. It wasn't the big guys who stayed. I'll tell you why. It was the guys with talent who stayed. It wasn't the guys who had, were all showing muscle. It was the guys who had a lot of skill because the, the battle plan was with trumpets and jars, and it took, it took, it took intelligence. It took strategy. It took, it took talent to play. It took all these little skills. And so he watched the ones who are more skillful in what they do rather than more savage in what they do. Does that make sense? And so he, he kept those, but only thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. He just, give it up for Josh, for real. I love you, man. But, but we, 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 if I, we talked about it last week. I would have tried to keep the big guys because I, I have a plan. Because I've seen fighting. I think I know how fighting should go. So I think we should do it the way with the people that I think. See, this is how we operate in our life. If we're not careful, we're going to fight the wrong fight, and we're going to start fighting against God's plan and against God's people or against God himself. And if we're fighting God's plan to try to work our plan, we're going to end up with people who don't fit God's plan. And then when you're in God's plan, it won't work. Why? Because you got the wrong people because you didn't listen to God to begin with. So you got to switch it up. And say, oh, yeah. Oh, you, I'm going to get you clapping here in a second. Why? Let me tell you. Because some of the people that God brings into your life don't look like you want them to look. They don't sound like you want them to sound. They, they don't feel like you want them to feel. Oh, but I thought, uh, I'm looking for my friends to be more like this. I'm looking for a church that feels more like this. I'm looking for a pastor that's really older and a little gray hair. Not so crazy. I'm looking for, and you're, if you're not careful, you're gonna, you, you will end up shaping people to your plan instead of, let, let, instead of letting God shape you for his plan. God's got a plan. You have to trust the plan. 
So then he, he, gets, and he gets these guys, and he gets down. He says, okay, after this little test with the water, he ends up with 300. Through all of this, he didn't, he didn't fight God when he said, send, send 20,000 home. How many have ever gotten mad at God when he took something from you? Oh, you don't have to raise your hand or say anything right now. I know. When he took that relationship from you, that business, when he took that child from you. There are things that get taken from us in life, and he says, I'm removing it because I've, I've got a plan. Trust me. It, it, but don't worry, for hope comes in the Joy comes in the morning. Yeah. You'll endure through this night. Joy's coming. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to let go of some people. You're going to have to let go of some things, some ideas, some places. You're going to have to let go of some preferences. You're going to have to let go of some ideas. You're going to have to let go of your will and your way. And you're going to have to let go. And the more you let go, the more you're going to realize God is really in control. Because I, I, if I don't have control, he has control. The only thing that tells you to have control is fear tells you to take control. And the more you take control, the more you fear. And the more you fear, you take control. And this perpetual cycle will continue to keep you in dysfunction until you let go and let God. Amen. And you got to let go and say, okay, God, I trust in your plan. He didn't fight God, and then he didn't fight people. How many have ever had people leave you and call them haters? Oh, nobody wants to say amen there. Or, or nobody wants to call. Oh, if people leave you and talk trash about you, and you call. We demonize people like that. We tell, oh, I know they got an evil Jezebel spirit on them. And we talk about how bad they are. Oh, it was the devil. It was the, no, it wasn't. God separated you two because you two were dysfunctional to the T. And you got to let go and let God. And sometimes you got to quit blaming the devil and giving him credit for what God is really trying to do in your life. Let go and let God. He didn't get mad at people. He didn't blame people. David, David, when David had those five stones, did he go back over and throw them at every brother who insulted him? His father who called him a bastard son? Did he go through all of No, he didn't. He went and fought the one battle he was supposed to fight, and he used the stones only for Goliath and not for his brothers and his father and his family in Christ. Come on. You hear what I'm preaching? This is what we need to win we, this is a fight worth winning. We got people getting angry, leaving families and churches and friends. And then how many have ever heard this phrase? I don't even remember what we were. I don't even remember what I was mad about. And they say it all cute because you, it was their fault. We're like, listen. Of course you don't. You have, you have a selective memory. You like to revise history. No, we don't need to bring it up. Let me just tell you, when you're going to, when you're going to forgive somebody and let somebody go, don't go tell them. I, I think that's the most prideful, arrogant thing I've ever heard. I know we haven't seen each other in a few months. I just want to let you know, I forgive you. Because I'm going to take the high road. Because Jesus told me to. Because I'm supposed to forgive. And I'm better than you. 
and we walk away, and it's just, it's the worst, I've, but I've seen it. I, I, there was a pastor I knew that literally had people turn up and face each other and tell them, I forgive you. How about instead of telling people you forgive them, how about you say, hey, will you forgive me? Hey, will you go ahead and let me have some mercy on me, have some compassion on me? Will you go ahead and let me go because I'm not perfect, I'm jacked up, and I need Jesus every day? Is it okay that we get to that place instead of fighting every single fight? Because if you're fighting every war, you're not going to be a part of his war. And God will cause you to lose some battles to get you to win the right war in your life. And God will cause you to lose some things like Gideon did. God, you'll lose some little battles so that you can win the right war. And, and Gideon said every, it was being taught how to be built into the warrior that God wanted him to be. Not what the world wanted him to be because the world would say, Goliath is a champion. Right? That looks like a champion. God said, no, no, no. I want, bring me a little David. No, bring me Gideon. Right? Bring me, bring me some smelly fishermen. Peter. Bring me a tax collector. Bring, bring, me, the, bring, bring me the people that everybody thought, God never used them. That, that's the one. Bring me those people. Bring me the people who feel like I can't do anything. And God is saying, look, I've got a fight that's worth winning. If you'll let down your sword and stop trying to fight everything and everyone and predetermining what everybody is in your life. Look, 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 if you're fighting every fight, like I'm fighting here on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter, and I'm going to win this battle politically, and I'm going to talk to them about this, and I'm, I'm going to get my friends straight about vaccinations, and I'm going to get this, and I'm going to talk to them about masks and open it up, and I'm going to get the church straightened up, and I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get that, and we're fighting all these things. Pretty soon, everybody looks like an enemy, and nobody looks like an ally. And when you are isolated and all alone because you're the only one who's not crazy... How many have ever said that lately? Am I the only sane person? One? Everybody's crazy right now. Dear God, when you, you really think that? No. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're not right. Maybe, maybe that's not even something you should be engaged in. And you are wearing yourself out, fighting a fight that's not worth winning. Because what every warrior needs to know is the fight, the fight that's worth winning. Because when I know the fight that's worth winning, I'll go all out. When I know, and it all starts from the cause, that's why we started there. When I have the call of God in my life and the right cause in my life, I'll be focused on the right fight in my life. And I'm focused on the right fight in my life, I'll get the right effect in my life. Because if I have the right cause, I'll have the right effect. But some of us have been living in the wrong effects because we've been fighting the wrong cause and fighting the wrong fight. And so now we're, we don't know where we go. So then from there, it continues. And Gideon, not only, he says, okay, God, I trust you. But then God goes, okay, now that you got your 300, I want you to oil them up like 300. Put their Spartan helmets on. Charge in the glorious battle. No, no, no. He says, get your candles. <laughs> Think about this. He says, okay, okay, God, what do we need? Let's get, you know, we got 30,000 people almost that left. So we got all their weapons. What, what, we want swords, we want spears, we want shields. Let's, let's, back, let's take all, I would have come up with a battle plan already, guys. I would have been there, I would have been like, okay, there's 30,000 roughly shields. We'll put 30,000 shields in front of us all around us. We'll fight from the back. We'll shoot arrows. To start. I would have a whole game plan, like we'll use their weapons. 
to fight the war. God's like, no, 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 no. I've got a whole different way to win for you. And he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you, I want you to go ahead and I want you to get candles and jars and trumpets. See, God is going to use an unconventional way to bring the victory in your life. God isn't going to win the way you think he should win. It's like the, 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 the moment you think you figure God's equation out, he changes the equation. And God, well, the moment we think, okay, I saw somebody, they came down to the front, they got laid hands on with oil and prayed for it, and they got healed of cancer. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to do that same exact thing. You just want to walk at the right pace, come right down, and when you get down there, raise your, no, 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 God's going to change it up. God may use like he did with Jesus, spit in the dirt, slap it in somebody's eyes. He may go ahead and lay on somebody. He may breathe on somebody. He may just say, oh, just send my word and I'll heal somebody. He may touch somebody. He may cleanse the, he can say, Lazarus, come out of the grave. God is going to do it in an unconventional way and different than what you think. God can change our nation. God can win the war. God can win Flagstaff. God can say, God can reach the lost. God can do it all when we stop trying to put God in our little box of God. This is how you're supposed to do it. No, God, you can do it however you choose to because God has a plan. Now, let me ask you a question before we talk about the last point, which is a kingdom worth building. And that is this. Do you think that God had in his all-knowing power, do you think that he had the plan first or the man first? The plan. For I know I have a plan and a hope for you. Right? I have plan. You were born for a purpose. God has a specific plan that you fit perfectly into. So don't worry when you say, God, I don't know. I'm different than them. Good, because I got a plan that only fits you. And God has a specific cutout of a plan that only has your particular look for it, and only you can fill it, and only you can make it happen. He needed a guy like Gideon, not like Samson. And he said, Gideon, I'm calling you because you fit the plan that I already have. Oh, this is bigger than you think because God already has a plan of victory. God had the plan of 300. God had the plan all along before Gideon was called out of that threshing floor, before you were called out of darkness, before you were called out of sin and shame. Jesus was already there. Grace was already available. God already had a plan. When Adam fell, God already had a plan. That's why he said, we looked and we saw that it, we're going to make man in our image because Jesus was there at the beginning. God had a plan. God doesn't, God doesn't get surprised or shocked. God had a plan. And you're the right man for the plan. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're the right man for the plan. I know you got some ladies out there, but just flow, flow with me. You're the right lady. You're the right man. You're the right person for the plan. Because we, we all want to figure out what's my purpose in life. Let me just tell you. God brought you in because only you fit that. What you do here on earth will echo for eternity when you're operating in his plan. 
And that brings me to the last point, a kingdom worth building. Because then when, when, uh, when Gideon went out there and he broke the jars and the candles were there and the trumpets were sounding, chaos ensued in the camp and all they did was stand their ground. And when they stood their ground and not got involved in the chaos, hear me, everybody, hear it online. I hope you share this. Tag five people right now. Somebody share it with somebody this week. And let me just tell you, when the world gets crazy and chaotic, it does not mean it is your crisis to fix. You need to stand where God told you to stand and let it go. Let, the, let it go. Look, just pray about it because if you go to fix it, then you're the Savior. But if you pray about it and God fixes it, then he's the Savior. I'm not here to fix the world. Jesus has already overcome the world. So I need to let Jesus be Jesus instead of acting like I'm the one who's going to fix everybody's problems. That's why it's easy for me to preach every Sunday because I'm not going to fix any of your problems. None. But God can Lord knows I can't even fix my own mind. How am I going to fix your crazy self? <laughs> you got so much doubt and insecurity and fear. We all do. I've I, I got to fight my fight with my Savior. Who will save me? And our job is to just simply say, okay, God, this is where you told me to stand. Isn't that what the Ephesians tells us? It says, put on the armor of God. And having done all, stand. And stand firm. Don't swing. Don't charge. Stand. I think that's interesting. He tells us to put on the full armor of God, which is for warfare. And then he tells us don't just, he tells us just stand. So sometimes you just need to stand where God told you to be. Stop running. Stop charging into a battle head first. Stop <laughs> eyes closed head first into an empty pool, right? That's not what we're called to be. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to stand. Ready. God, where, where do you want us to stand? You call me to stand for my family, stand for my church, stand for, you call me to stand at home? Maybe I ought to take care of my own mind and my own heart before I start trying to fix other people. Because this plank in my eye makes it very difficult to pull out their speck. And I need to stand firm and be okay with standing and waiting upon the Lord. And as you wait upon the Lord, you shall renew your strength. You shall mount up with wings of eagles and you shall soar, Right? That's what we're called to do. Stand and let him do the soaring. And, and then what happens? They win. They win the battle. Nobody, not one person gets killed in the, in, in, with the Israel, with all the 300. They all survive. They all do well. Not a scratch on them. They all survive. And then they have peace for 40 years. And everybody say generation. Because a kingdom worth building is a kingdom that's generational. A kingdom worth building is a kingdom that's generational. It, that's why the Bible says a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. It's not talking about you and your spouse and God. It's talking about three generations that God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am a God of generations. I'm not here to save you and lose your kids. I'm not here to reach the grandparents and not the grandchildren. I'm here to tie all three generations together because I am a generational God, and I want all my children. I wish that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want all to be saved. I want a kingdom that has no end, a government that will continue forever. If you believe it, give God some real praise right now. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. I got to close anyway. While I got you good and excited, here and online, I hope you shared it to five or six times because this God is a generational God. Christianity is the worst at retention, 20%. 
20%. We got to stop that. We got to start seeing great kids and grandkids loving. They love they like coming to church. They smile. They get happy. Why do you do all the lights and the screams and the smoke and the concert feel and the excited? And I feel like I'm going Bill Cosby here. But why, why do you do all that? And, well, because anything that's godly should be appealing. It should be. Jesus drew children to him. You can't be weird and draw kids. I'll tell you that right now. Every kid, if a kid sees, if a kid sees a weird person, dad, dad, mom, right? Am I right, Mark? Am I right? <laughs> you got little kids. They, they, they. No, but you got a kid. You got an attractive. Get Peter when he stood up at the day of Pentecost after being filled with the Holy Spirit. Thousands of people came, and three thousand people were added that day. There, there's something appealing about when, it, when it's built on him, there's something that draws people to it. Don't get mad at things that grow because healthy things grow. Multiply. Add. When people come in and they love our children's ministry, and our, did you know I, I went to Israel, and when I went to Israel, we went to an old synagogue that Jesus taught in in Capernaum. And, and when he taught in this synagogue, you have the adult room where the women sat on one side, men sat on the other, and then you go around the corner into the children's room, and you know what was in the children's room? Hopscotch. It's like their version of it way back then, over 2,000 years ago. Literally a game carved into the stone. There were, they were playing games with kids. I, I, I rebuke anybody who's ever been like, oh, they have games back there? Or are you going to teach the word to these children back there? Let go. Let God. Let, just, just relax a little bit. Let the kids enjoy it. Let them come out saying, I like going to church. Let our youth say, hey, I love going to church. It's okay to smile at church. It's okay to get happy at church. It's okay to get excited at church. Why? Because we're building the kingdom. We're building his kingdom. And his kingdom is worth building. Oh, let's give God 10 seconds of praise. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Oh. His kingdom is worth building. Not the United States. I, 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 red, white, and blue, baby. Love it. We're going to celebrate. This church will look like uh, uh, red, white, and blue threw up all over, inside and outside of it. It's going to be amazing. Fireworks. Going to have a great time. Love America. I'm not here to build America. I'm here to build the kingdom. Not every kingdom is worth building. But his kingdom is worth building. Because the Bible says, if, if you seek his kingdom first, all these things will be added unto you. I don't need to be worried about other kingdoms. About what China. About Russia. Did you know we've had those problems since the dawn of time? And yet we all shake. Why are we shaking? He said, you should be unshakable. Unshaken. That's how we should live. But yet we are shook every time the wind blows in a political, racial, economic, social direction. It's not your fight. Let go and build the kingdom. You know, uh, maybe in August what we'll start is I'll have a, a war chest up here. In fact, will you get that for me, Jeremy? Let's just go get that now. I have it in my office. I don't know why. I would. Let's just bring it out now, right? Every kingdom has a plan. 
right? Gideon had a plan, and then the kingdom thrived for generations. But every plan, right, has a cost. And that's why everybody, the Bible says, before you go to war, count the cost. Before you go to build a building, count the cost. Before we go to reach Flagstaff, count the cost. Before you go to try to reach, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord? Let me just tell you, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. But the devil knows it too. Count the cost. we got to stop getting people saved and like, oh, I received Jesus into my life. Great. It's all going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be sunshine and rainbows. No, 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 no. It's going to be good. And God is always good. But it's also, thank you, Jeremy. It's... <laughs> There we go. It's all going to be good, but it also is going to, you're going to have tests, you're going to have some trials, you're going to have some ups and downs. And, and what we need to teach people is when you give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to Jesus, say you're going to start getting serious about going to church and praying again, because you can't live for Jesus without church. You can't. It's impossible. I'll prove it to you. Anybody isolated who tells me I don't need church to live for God is usually bitter and unhappy and lack of peace, lack of joy, no fellowship, no strength. Why? Because we're better together. Yeah. We're strong. You, you have something in you that I need yeah. and vice versa. And you cannot do it alone. We have to come together. Everybody online, we love you. And if you can make it, you better make it because you cannot do it. You cannot, but you ought to count the cost. So when we talk about, oh, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and we're going to build a bigger building or buy or whatever. Okay, great. Let's count the cost. It's going to cost. But God will provide. Maybe it's a jar. Maybe some come, somebody comes literally with just a jar, sets it in. Lord, that's all I have to give. You know, there's a woman uh, in Asia. She, they were doing a building campaign like we're doing, and she brought a bowl. She had just a bowl. It was Dr. Cho's church, and she brought a bowl. And she said, this is all I have to give, Dr. Cho. I don't, I don't have anything else to give. He said, I'm not, no way. I'm not receiving that bowl. That's all you have. And she said, but, and she started crying. She said, this is all I've got. I want to give. And she brought it down, and the guy behind her goes, hey, hey, you know what? I'll buy that bowl. Can I buy that from the church? And he said, yeah, okay, great. So he bought the bowl for $1,000, gave the church $1,000, and he took the bowl. And then the guy behind him said, hey, I'll buy that for $10,000. And then the guy behind, and they kept buying. That day, they paid off all their debt, and they paid off all their building. Why? Because someone just said, I just have a bowl. It may, it's just a jar. I'm the smallest. I don't have a lot. But what I do have, I want to build the kingdom. All I have, I'm just a little boy with a few loaves and a couple fish. And God says we can build the kingdom with this. Why? Because what we have can change the world because you're the right man for the plan. God has you specifically right where you are and where you, what you're going through. Every detail about you to fit the plan that he already had. And the kingdom of God will never function fully until you're a part of it. We can't. Can't do it. Why? Because we're, we're the tapestry that's woven together to paint the picture for the world. We're supposed to be the bride of Christ. It's pretty difficult to be a bride when everybody's scattered. Nobody wants to work together. Nobody wants to come together. It's hard. But we're called to be the bride to say, let's Let's come together. Let's build the kingdom of God. And this chest, I'm going to leave it up for the next few months. Because we're going to find a spot for it. But we're going to leave it up here. And when you build your bridge, the gap offering, you can drop it off in here. When you have a prayer request, drop it off in here. You got just something in the Lord that the Lord's put on here. 
whatever you got in your hands and you felt the Lord leading you, this is going to be the new symbol that we're going to build a war chest that will fulfill the battle plan that God has called us to, to build the kingdom that he's called us to. And we are going to see the world changed because we're going to be a part of a kingdom that's worth building. I want to pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going. Come on, I want you, saints, I want you to pray with me. Don't get quiet now. Close your eyes, bow your heads if you'd like, but let's pray here and online. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you that there is a cause. Lord, a cause worth protecting, and we are going to let go of all of the causes of the world. And Lord, I pray that we just let go and receive the call of God in our life, for that is the cause worth protecting. And I thank you, God, we're answering the call today. And I pray if anybody's fighting all kinds of fights, they'd let it go and fight the fight that's worth winning. Oh, somebody just release it and say, you know, it's not my fight, Lord. It's not my fight. The battle's not mine. The battle is the Lord. Just begin to say it. Say, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord. You don't need to fix that family member. You don't need to fix that. You don't need to, you don't need to change them. You don't need to go out and correct anybody. You don't need to tell that boss what's up. You just need to let go and say, that's not a fight worth fighting. That's not a fight worth trying to win. There's a fight worth winning, and it's not that. And Lord, I pray that we'd step into your battle plan, and we'd let go of all the other fights, and we'd stand firm on the fight that's worth winning. And just like Paul, we're going to fight the good fight and keep the faith. Run our race. Not everybody else's race, but run our race. And Lord, I pray that we would, Lord, build your kingdom. Not my little kingdom, not Bridges' kingdom. Lord, not, not all the denominational kingdoms. Not the United States and China and political. No, 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 not the economical. No, your kingdom. I pray we would let go of trying to build everybody else's kingdom and trying to build our own bodies and trying to build our own selves and self-care. And I pray that we start building your body and we start building your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that somebody would redirect all their efforts into their own body, into their own flesh and start directing it to the bride of Christ and the kingdom that's worth building. Lord, I thank you, God, that we're going to let go. And Lord, you're going to bless us in an unconventional, crazy way. And it's going to be a generational, I want you, if you have kids and grandkids, I want you to raise your hands here and online. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, your word says that it's generational. You are a generational God. And I pray for the prodigal sons and daughters to come home. I pray for relationships to be reconciled. I pray for it to be restored, God. I pray for healing to take place. I pray for forgiveness and compassion and mercy. God, I pray for, for people to let go and let God. And I pray, Lord, that you would reach out and touch the kids and the grandkids and the great grandkids and let families be healthier and stronger and more vibrant than ever before and I thank you God that the latter will be greater than our former and the best years of our life are ahead of us and Lord we thank you God that we're going to start seeing breakthrough I pray if there's any addiction that holds family members let it be broken right now I pray that if there's any mindset that holds family members captive and I pray you break it right now you are a generational God you're the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob you are Yeshua Amasiah God you are the healer and deliverer you are the I am God you are my provider and I thank you God that you are about to do a mighty work a mighty work in Jesus' name. And all who received it gave God a good praise. Amen, 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 amen. 
Holy Spirit. Oh, what a great day. Make sure you're here. Wednesday is going to be an awesome midweek service. And next Sunday, July 4th, only two services, RSVP. Guys, the only reason we still have RSVP is because we have more people than we do seats, right? So we just want to make sure that we RSVP for services uh, just so we know how many are coming, okay? And you can do that by just signing up for our text messages. And that way, in August, when we go back to four Sunday morning services, we can balance all of our services out. So just stick with us. As soon as we get back to four... RSVPs go away, and we'll just be balanced in all four of our services, okay? So real simple, that's our trajectory, that's our goal, that's our why, uh, so stay with us on that, stay locked in. If you need prayer, you want to give your life to Jesus, our prayer team is right down here at the front. Don't leave without getting what you came for. Let's pray, or let's speak this declaration, be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Have a wonderful day. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.